Hello and welcome to another edition of the Herbert and Webster Money Minute podcast. On this episode today, we'll be discussing the benefits of a diversified portfolio and why it is important. As ever, this is only a discussion, so please don't take this as advice. And if you feel that you would benefit from professional financial advice, please don't hesitate to get in touch. You can give us a call on 01865 407755 or send us an email to info at herbertandwebster.co.uk. And please always mention, if you've had a a look at the podcast, it's great to hear feedback. So my name is Adam Herbert, Managing Director of Herbert & Webster, which was founded in 2010. I'm a chartered financial planner, and the aim of Herbert & Webster is always to provide truly independent financial advice. Um, So today, luckily for me, I'm being joined by two other financial planners from the firm, Kurt McSweeney and Rob Gray. So over to Kurt, please. Hello, I'm Kurt McSweeney. Uh, I joined Herbert Webster five years ago and at the time I was in financial services giving mortgage advice and I'd known Adam a very long time and Adam offered me the opportunity to, to come and join Herbert and Webster and to offer independent uh, financial advice without any sales targets and I just felt that was a real good draw to, to come and join the team. Uh, I think the best part of my job is, the bit I enjoy the most is seeing clients and helping them achieve their goals and that's, you know, it could be clients retiring five to 10 years earlier or, or clients in later life and going into care or in care and securing their care fees for the rest of their life. So it's it's uh, very enjoyable. Fantastic. Uh, Rob, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, I'm Rob Gray. Um, I've been working in the financial services sector since 1999 um, for the likes of um, Pearl Insurance, Bradford and Bingley, Lloyds Bank and Aviva. Um, after 14 years of working um, in the corporate sector, uh, I jumped at the opportunity to, to join Adam and Herbert and Webster to offer independent financial advice um, on, a, on a personal level. Uh, for me, the best part of the job is giving clients the confidence that they're making the right financial decisions to secure their financial futures. Fantastic, Rob. Excellent. Well, today we're aiming to um, cover off the point of a diversified portfolio. We're often asked, what do you mean by a diversified portfolio by our clients? Well, today we will attempt to explain exactly that in plain English and debunk the common myths. Um, A diversified portfolio, the kind of overview, means that your money is invested in a variety of different asset classes. That way, if one asset class performs poorly, it doesn't have as much of a negative impact on your wealth as it would if you only invested in that poorly performing asset class. So really, the simple simple part of this is don't put all your eggs in one basket is a phrase that always sums up a diversified portfolio uh, to myself. Um, To help with this discussion, um, because again, there's lots of uh, terms out there, asset classes, uh, uh, volatility and things like that. We're going to bring up hopefully a document which you'll see on screen, which is what we call a patchwork quilt. And this patchwork quilt looks quite colourful. Um, and to explain it to the listener slash watcher, what you've got here, you've got a period of time, 2011, 2012, going up to 2017 across the top. And below, you've got many different patchworks or colours, and this is performance of different asset classes. Now, the best performing asset class in that particular year, so let's take 2011 at the start on the left, you can see it's coming at 20.3% in green, and at the bottom there's a light blue which is minus 18.4. Now you might be wondering, well, this is lots of funny numbers. We'll put some a bit more detail on that for you. 
The green refers to what we call UK index link guilt, and the light blue is referring to emerging market equities. And so, for instance, you can then start to see how these assets have performed in an individual calendar year as that asset class. So this is where I'm going to pass the torch now over to Rob to start to explain a bit more into this patchwork quilt. And so the listener isn't bored of listening to my voice by itself. <laughs> so, Rob, I don't know if you could pick out an asset class there and just show the, the listener, the watcher, um, the journey of that particular asset class, really. Yeah, well, the, the emerging market equities is a, is a good one um, because you can see that it, it sort of bounces around from being you know, the worst performing asset class um, in some years to the best performing asset class in other years. So for example, 2011, it returned minus 18%. Um, if you could look at 2016, it was up by 35.4%. Very good. So it's a, that's um, not a bad year to be holding that, that asset class at that point. Bad year at all. And you can see a similar pattern with, with all of the other asset classes that are on there. Um, obviously, in hindsight, you would pick and choose which asset class to invest your money into each individual year. Um, but we, we don't have the luxury of hindsight. Um, yeah. What we need to do is invest our money today and try and make it grow each year. Um, mm. So the idea um, of diversification is to actually try and spread your money um, around all of these various asset classes um, so that you get a, an average return sort of year on year. Fantastic. Okay, so coming over to you then, Kurt, we'll, we'll throw up the next kind of uh, topic or, or question we want to answer. What are the kind of long-term benefits of a, a diversified portfolio? And, you know, what kind of returns can clients see based on that, that kind of patchwork quilt? I know I'm kind of already preloaded the question. There's, a, there's just a generic portfolio kind of highlighted in this, uh, the, this patchwork quilt, which you can see on screen. Okay, so, so the long-term benefits of a diversified portfolio. Um, I think the long-term benefits are really, you know, you're you're making the most of of those good years and those bad years by by spreading that risk. Mm. You know, like Rob said, we don't have the ability to to benefit from hindsight, so we can't keep picking the best performing investments. You know, and we keep sort of touching on equities. I mean, this is sort of mainly stocks and shares, which are quite volatile in nature. So. What we don't want to see is a, is a client's portfolio. You know, if we look at which one did we use, emerging markets. Yes. You know, we wouldn't want to see the client's portfolio jumping around from negative eighteen up to plus twelve, back to minus. You know, that's it's quite uh, it's quite severe. And so, and if you were a client, that'd probably make you feel quite uncomfortable. So, the long term benefits would just to sort of stabilise some of those returns and just yeah. offer a bit more security in downside markets yeah. and a bit more growth in those upside markets by just having it you know like I said those those multiple eggs in your basket I like it and <clears> so <throat> could we say to the client I know we always need to be careful we always like to say past performance isn't a guidance to future performance but having that diversified portfolio does that help maybe make returns a bit more predictable or is it able to allow the client to understand that the portfolio will perform in a certain way or, or react in a certain way yeah I think it gives us it gives us an indication as to you know what's happened in the past yeah and you know, we can then start to guesstimate going forward. Well, actually, if we have that period of performance again, what's that going to look like over the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years? Yeah. Um, you can see across the, the middle there, the 60% the, the equity fund. Yeah. You know, that sort of runs generally through the middle. So you can start to see then it's not bouncing around with those those 
highs and the lows. It's it's you know I guess the average on there is somewhere three, four, five percent I would imagine, yeah. which is something that we we tend to work on, um, but it's not something that we guarantee. But yeah. if we can say to a client, you know, looking at what you're trying to achieve, <clears throat> if we can if we can hit that three, four, five percent returns every yeah. year, then this is going to get us there. Yeah. So it helps with the the general financial planning as well, the future exactly forecasting. Is there anything you'd you'd add on to that as well, Rob? Yourself from from your side of the table? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's as you can see, you know, with, with a um, sort of a diversified fund, which is what the life um, strategy one uh, it does. It sort of puts all of your money into all the different asset classes and blends them together. Yeah, um, it still goes up and down, and you it says you can't tell what is going to happen yeah um, but yeah it's just it's the volatility is lower yeah so you're not swinging sort of whatever it was 50 percent swings mm. yeah. from one year to the <coughs> next um, you can see that actually the I think the biggest swing is from plus 2.1 percent is the worst year in 2011 to plus 18.3 in 2016 so you've only got really a 16 percent difference then between the best and the worst year yeah rather than a 50 percent difference between the best and the worst okay so that gives uh, as i know that gives clients a lot more peace of mind and um i know we shouldn't mention this word but when we've got the likes of uncertainty around brexit and things like that uh, this hopefully should give clients a bit more comfort to know that a not all their assets are in one basket they've got it spread or not all their eggs are in one basket and you know the likelihood of things which we can't foresee like what's going to happen with brexit what's going on with the global economy again they're spread across many different assets many different classes which all react in a slightly different way that's right and it's um it's not just the asset classes but it, yeah. it's the geographical location of the shares and the companies etc as well yeah. so yes brexit is really concerning to a lot of our clients at the moment but actually we have a lot of their money invested in america and japan mm. um which actually isn't going to be so impacted by brexit it's perhaps no. the uk and the european funds might be um again brexit is interesting because it's a big elephant in the room we can yeah. all see it's there and it's coming yeah. um but actually having that sort of level of diversification and having your money spread around the world it helps to um, you know reduce the impact of um situations that we we can't foresee at the moment as well for the same purpose fantastic well the the next part or the next question we wanted to kind of answer you know what is a diversified portfolio so again on the screen you should be seeing a an image of a of a, a portfolio which we currently uh, make recommendations to our clients um and this portfolio is a what we call a, a moderate portfolio or a balanced portfolio. Um, we very much look at risk. So this is the kind of risk clients are willing to take. Cautious is a level one. Adventurous is a level five. Just for this podcast, we've just pulled out kind of right down the middle, level three, moderate, medium. And we're looking at a medium investment term as well. So this is looking at a portfolio of seven, of someone who's looking at investment horizon between seven to 15 years. And we can start to see, obviously, there is a, an asset breakdown. Um, Kirk, could you just go through this asset breakdown for the, for the, the listener, our viewee, and, uh, and uh, just explain what's, what's going on there with that asset allocation and, and how this would differ if someone was taking on or prepared to take on more risk or if they were looking to take on less risk after we'd uh, assess their attitude to risk. 
Thanks, Ed. Nice, simple question there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think if we're looking at the same one I'm looking at, then the yes. asset breakdown in this particular portfolio starts to, to highlight you know, that diversification. So we can start to see then uh, right down at the bottom, the, the red is UK equities, and there's yep. about 16% of the portfolio in UK equities. Uh, there's five. And what are what are UK equities for the listener? There you go. Really, really making your your job a bit more these difficult. Be UK stocks and shares. This will yeah. be anything from the FTSE 100 right down through to the the, the 350s, the fledglings, anything that's mm. primarily UK based. Yeah. Um, and it will be stocks and shares within those companies. Fantastic. Uh, we've then got property. There's about five percent in commercial property. Yeah. And this is usually because property cycles tend to work differently to, to equity cycles. Mm. So again, it just, you know, if, if the equity markets are on a downturn, property markets might be on the upswing. So it's trying to capture off that. And then there's some global in there. This will be, <clears throat> you know, we've got global, it could be anything, North American, emerging markets, Asian, European, that would all fit yeah. into that block there. So which the kind we of companies, Oh, I was going to say, what what kind of companies could be that, like the kind of apples of this world? Yeah, so you'll have all of the the big the big yeah, I say Yahoo's, the apples, yeah. Facebooks, Netflix. You'll be mentioning Ask Jeeves next. Yeah. I don't know if I can remember that one either. <laughs> oh, good one. And uh, he was in some European. You know, Vodafone is usually a big one in there as well. But Fantastic. um to that, uh, and you can see Sorry. a bulk of the the portfolio is actually global equities in there. So going yeah. back to what Rob said about Brexit not necessarily having the biggest impact. Of course, it does still impact the portfolio, but a lot of that is, you know, captured by uh, global there. Excellent. And then just to bring in some more defensive in the portfolio, you've got fixed income, which yeah. are usually gilts and bonds. So mm. these are loans to the government, and Excellent. in return they'll give you a rate of interest. Nice and uh, low risk, cautious. Yeah but not as high performing as equities Fine. in most market conditions. And then top one there, 4% in money markets. This will yeah. be things like cash, really yeah. offensive. So a nice blend there of, you know, not necessarily 50-50, 60-40 uh, equities to um, low risk fixed income market. Alternative. Cash. Brilliant. So I'm going to I'm gonna leave Kurt alone now because <laughs> that was quite useful. Well, no, actually, I'm going to come back to Kurt. So what would be the difference then if... if if that was a more higher risk portfolio. So that's a level three. Mm -hmm. What would be the difference to a level four, moderate to adventurous, and to a level two, moderate to cautious? Okay, so the level four, more adventurous. So yeah. a more adventurous investor, you would expect to see more equities. Yeah. So there'll be you know less in fixed income. There probably won't be any money markets. And it will mainly be global developed property and UK equities on, on this, this yeah. sort of breakdown. Um, and with that, you should then see sort of larger swings in volatility. So yeah. there'll be better returns in good years uh, and, and greater losses in, in bad performing years. Yeah. And a level two more cautious would be the flip. So less yeah. in equities. There would yeah. still be some equities because we still want to generate you know, a positive return Real or at least try to. Um, but the bigger makeup would be more defensive, fixed yeah. incomes, gilts, bonds, money markets. Yeah. And that's just because a client, again, when we assess a client, we look at their kind of attitude to risk by going through a questionnaire with them. We then also look at their capacity for loss, so to understand that. But also we want to see what risk is required. You know, what do they need their assets to do? If, do they need to perform them at a higher rate or a lower rate? And that very much dictates how we then look to invest the client's money. So that's mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant, Kurt. So... Rob, you know, how do Herbert and Webster, how do we ensure that a portfolio is diversified? Is it you going off and picking these funds for your clients? 
or do we do something else? And how do we then make sure that client remains in a diversified portfolio each year as, as they continue to grow their financial wealth with, with us giving them financial planning? Okay, so I think between ourselves, we, we kind of agreed a f- you know, quite yeah. a few years ago now that um, picking investment funds wasn't really our forte. Yeah. Um, you know, our job is to go out and actually um, you know, talk to clients, find out what their needs and, and objectives are, etc. So what we tend to do is outsource the the investment sort of picking mm. uh, function to um, sort of preferred fund uh, managers. Yeah. Um, so typically we would use FE Invest or Tatton, mm. um, and they do all of the research in in the background for us and actually build portfolios. Um, and they are um, you know their teams are made up of. Um, investment professionals that's mm. all they do all day yeah. every day is research the markets um, test back test retest um, and they can then actually not only um, make sure they're using the right sort of asset um, allocation for uh, different attitudes to risk but they can actually go out there and find the best sort of external fund managers from across the whole market mm. um, in each individual area so we might not have the same fund manager uh, managing our fixed income funds as we do the global developed equity funds um, you know, we want to be able to use expertise in the right areas fantastic and then how, how do you give your clients a kind of peace of mind to know that that's being reviewed you know do you just go with a investment professional you know you you, ha- you give them the mandate for your client to invest that capital how do you then carry on with that do you review it do you do you check it or, or do you kind of trust them and, and that's it no, we, we review it on a, a regular basis. So, yeah. um, you know, whether it's FE or Tatton that we're using, uh, we review those firms on an annual basis at, yeah. at, a, at a company level, firm level, to make sure they are still performing the way we want them to be performing. Um, presuming that they, they are, we will then actually, um, you know, the, the, the funds, the portfolios can either be managed um, on an advisory basis where we will physically go through it every six months with the clients and actually make recommendations to any changes Mm. or it can be done on a discretionary basis where we still go through the same review process Um, the same funds switches are recommended to keep the portfolios current um, but they are done more automatically so the clients don't actually have to get involved and, and make decisions themselves so really it's about finding the process that um, each individual client prefers. Brilliant, that's great. So I think we, we've pretty much covered quite a bit on the diversified portfolio. We, we've covered the main questions. Um, what would be your main takeaway for a client to understand what you know the benefits of a diversified portfolio? Um, I think it's just going back to you know keeping it simple. It's yeah. not having all of your eggs in one basket. It is, it's spreading it across a number of markets, sectors, geographies, and just trying to spread that risk as much as you possibly can. Fantastic. Anything you'd add on top of that, Rob? Um, only so far as that it, it's about it being diversified across different asset classes. Yeah. I think a lot of um, clients initially feel that they don't want to have all their money with one um, provider. Yeah, really so we, we use the RAP platforms quite a lot. Yeah. And people are really concerned, oh, should I have all my money with funds network or with Aviva or Scottish Widows, whoever we're using. And actually that platform provider isn't the issue. No. It's about the funds and the investment holdings within it 
that we want to make sure are diversified and actually yeah. using the platforms is then a, a good way of keeping everything nice and easy to manage and yeah. easy to see um, you know we don't have to um, have your money spread around 10 15 different accounts we can have yeah. one account with your money spread around 10 15 different funds within it so that's that's brilliant so yeah it's not product price product provider diversification mm -hmm. it's it's real asset allocation mm -hmm. to right. diversification yeah. brilliant well on that note that's where we'll finish it thank you very much you've been listening to the uh, herb and webster money minute podcast thank you rob thank you adam thank you kurt thank you adam and uh tune in to our next episode thank you very much <laughs>